0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Wow. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3.
1: In a work paper on moving forward through the COVID-19 pandemic by the Institute of Policy Studies, which was released yesterday, we talked about here, about 64% of Singaporeans feel that should there be another pandemic, Singapore is well prepared and ready to take it on. This is based on Singapore's performance dealing with COVID-19, of course. Now, that same study also found that cost of living in areas of healthcare, utilities, and food rank among the top worries of Singaporeans and people here in Singapore as we move forward from COVID-19. Let's have a look deeper into the numbers now with Go Yan Han, political correspondent at The Straits Times. Yan Han, welcome. Hi. Okay. So one of the things that came out of this survey, I didn't reveal this in my introduction, but trust in 4G leader. It found that respondents who were higher educated were more likely to trust that the Deputy Prime Minister, Lawrence Wong, is the best possible 4G leader. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the reason behind this number?
0: So the researchers during the media briefing yesterday, when they launched this working paper, actually mentioned that this set is kind of interesting. Like to see that this particular demographic, which you know, um, based on their research or you know other studies, has tended to kind of be a bit more skeptical of government policies. But in this case, they have hmm. shown um, you know much uh, six in ten approval for. DPM Lawrence Wong, right? So the researchers are saying that, you know, this is possibly because DPM Wong has been quite effective in addressing some of the considerations and concerns of this demographic. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, in addressing some things like emerging so- social cohesion issues, you know, that we've seen in the last couple of years, such as race and religion matters, you know, he had that he had that huge speech at the ITS RSIS forum and other kinds of social integration matters, and also, you know, as the head of the COVID-19 task force, right? This task force has, you know, in the last two and a half Just adopted a pretty much science-based approach to dealing with the virus and the pandemic. And I guess this somewhat resonates with what is possibly the preferred approach by this particular demographic of more highly educated respondents. So the researchers thought, you know, maybe this is why, you know, the higher educated respondents expressed a higher level of confidence and supported PPM more.
1: Interesting. Now, on the impending GST hike, about two in three of the respondents with low levels of worry about the rising cost of living as a result of the increase, had higher trust that the government has the best possible 4G leader compared with less than half of those with higher levels of worry. Now, according to the report, the researchers are saying that the study was done online and meant to meant that certain segments of the population, mainly the older people and those with lower income households, were less represented in this survey. Is it fair to say that, that this limits the generalizability of the results? Yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, the researchers themselves acknowledged this and said this in their report as well, right? And I think they, they knew this from the start, like when they were conducting the analysis. So when they tried to, uh, they like, try to look at the data and, you know, weigh the age factor in each poll according to the national proportion. So in this case, like they would kind of uh, adjust the data in in terms of which is, con- uh, in terms of the age groups and make some age groups, you know, count more strongly than others as, as compared to the actual numbers of people they have surveyed. So they found that, like, you know, their attempts to correct the other variables, you know, like educational housing, which is a bit more linked to the socioeconomic status, this results in over the magnification of these populations from their data. So they didn't do that. But I think they did try their best because, I mean, you know, the, there are limitations to this methodology that they picked, which is the online survey panel. So obviously the groups who struggle with digital inclusion or do not own devices that allow them to take online surveys, they will not be represented as well. But this large-scale study they're doing requires polling like 500 people every fortnight. You know, it's a very tedious task. I can see why they use the online option. But you have to take the reported steps and, you know, the analysis with that caveat. You know, like one part of the survey said mental health actually improved for the age group 60 to 69 over the course of pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to me, when I'm reading this, I'm like thinking this is kind of at odds with other studies that have shown that how the older generation has struggled with isolation and loneliness. And subsequently, their mental health has deteriorated somewhat amid all the COVID-19 measures, right? So I think um, this definitely shows that, you know, I mean, this, these older generation who struggled with isolation are definitely not people who would be answering these online surveys.
1: That's right. Now that you brought up mental health as well, according to this, young people, which, of course, we know are the future of the nation and surveyed, found that they were hit. By hardest by mental health. Is this something that we should be concerned about moving forward to the future?
0: I think this is something the country kind of has been concerned for quite a while. I think since Mm. the start of the pandemic, mental health has kind of been thrown into the spotlight, right? right. We talked about domestic violence as well, but this also mental health, you know, we have a lot of studies that have come out over the last couple of years, not just by IPS, that have shown the young people being affected negatively by the pandemic. I think just last week or a couple of weeks ago, we had statistics showing that youth suicide was at a lot you know, last year was highest on record since 2000. So, I mean, in this study, I think in particular, the researchers pointed out that, you know, the pandemic has curtailed, you know, so many activities that would have been Common for young adults, like things like you know maybe traveling or starting their new career, meeting colleagues in office, or you know just meeting new people and widening a social circle. It's like a, quite a major transition through life stages, right? You know when you move from you know full time education to full time working, you know in a career, and you have it disrupted with no certainty of when this, this disruption will end, and also mm-hmm. knowing that you can't really redo it and have it so-called the normal way that other people have experienced it. This can be quite distressing. So I think maybe looking in the future, I mean things that we have already been talking about for a while, but we should continue talking about things like affordability, accessibility of mental health services, and, right. you know, eradicating the stigma that comes from seeking mental health help. So these are areas we have to address, right, to continue adjust, ensuring that our young people can be well-adjusted. All
1: right, Yan Han, thank you very much for explaining all of this to us. Go Yan Han is political correspondent at The Straits Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.